Hey, this is Chase Barber. And I'm Jordan Willie. We're two blue-collar boys doing some blue-collar interviews. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of Blue Collar Interviews. How are we doing today, Chase? Oh, pretty good, pretty good. Nice and sunny in BC. Sure beats Manitoba. Yeah. Okay, 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 there you <laughs> easy, buddy. Uh, well, why don't you introduce Patrick. our guest for the day here? I was getting to that. We got Patrick Christo. Yeah, that's, that's it. You, you're the first one to get that right. Okay, pretty good. I'm proud of myself now. What do you do, Patrick? I, I am a truck driver, fortunately. Oh, wow, <laughs> we haven't had one of those on yet. <laughs> uh, n- never have a truck driver on. So what do you usually haul, Patrick? Oh geez. Well well lately I've been I've been hauling water. But uh as as for all the time, anything. Why you been hauling water lately? Uh there's there's dust in sunny BC, you know, and, and we need to keep that down. Uh, that's fair enough. Fair enough. I guess uh are we gonna get BC Manitoba jokes all podcast now? Uh probably. Yeah. <laughs> probably. We have a sweet, sweet rivalry between you guys. Is oh, it yeah, yeah. There's such a harsh rivalry between the two. It's like <laughs> one is beautiful with nice weather and the other one is it's BC. Is all <laughs> the other one's Manitoba. I mean that's enough said right there. Just in okay, itself. I get it. I live in a terrible province. You guys don't need, need to make me feel bad about that. You know, you oh, only until you move. Yeah, like the you only have the option to move. You know that. Yeah, That's the fair. only acceptable reason to be like, why do you live in Manitoba? Is the only acceptable answer is I'm only here until I can save enough money to leave. Yes. Oh, okay, okay. We have Manitoba listeners, guys. Just tone, tone down, tone down. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, guys. We have nice things too. Okay, so when you're not hauling water, you're uh, low better, eh? Well, ish. I mean, I pull the, I pull low bed like very slim to none. I'm usually pulling step deck or uh, super bees, you know, for uh, high tracker packages, or I'll take the, uh, the three forty five parts on the super bees. Um, as for low bedding, um, I don't do the same kind of low bedding you do, or just like hauling equipment and stuff. I, I, I haul rail equipment on a rail bed. Now, what is a rail uh, bed? So it, it is a low bed, like it's, it's a, it's a double drop low bed, but instead of just having like your, you know, your usual deck on it, you have a set of rails that goes up, up the middle of it and you back it up onto the rail and, and, and run your rail equipment onto it. Okay. So like train tracks on a low bed. Yes, exactly. Very neat looking trailers. I, I guess we should explain the high tracker units. You actually worked with a company that made the high tracker unit, correct? Yes, they invented, patent pended them. Now you could go into a little deep dive of what they are for us. Um, so pretty much they're what you need to use to get an excavator onto a rail. Uh, they come with a track float, a power cart, and a ditching trailer. And you pretty much hook all three of them together like a freaking train. You got an excavator in the middle. You scoop your ballast out of your ditching trailer and and uh, move it up and down the rail or, you know, whatever they're doing, whether it be ballast or snow removal or I know. They do a bunch of crap on the railroad. Cool. So yeah. it's like an excavator on top of a train car. Yeah, it looks really cool. You know, you're driving down the road and you see a fucking excavator on top of a set of rails. It looks pretty neat. I actually ran one of these units. Is there like a truck or like an actual locomotive that moves that? 
no no it's uh the excavator itself actually it's uh it it actually runs on air it it's um there's an air compressor in the excavator and you plug it into your power cart so between hydraulics and air for your brakes you move with the uh with the sticks on the floor in the excavator to move them back and forth okay that looks that sounds cool i was was always wondering because i've seen them before i'm like it doesn't look like it has like a locomotive or a truck on it to move it yeah no they have their own motors yeah i'm well i've actually ran one of these units and right where your rear drives are in the middle of the hole there's just large quick couplers and the cart has quick couplers and you you uh set on the cart you chain on and you plug in these quick couplers and yeah your one drive becomes your forward reverse drive and then the other stick in your excavator becomes your uh outriggers and your outriggers yep yeah yeah and then there i I don't know about the newer units but i had a handbrake in mind but yeah there's an air compressor behind my cab so all day that thing's running because it's just a little air compressor it is yeah it wasn't a big unit but yeah it's all day that you hear that humming but it was a very very cool experience they're they're a very neat thing to run for sure so that hauling rail equipment, I always thought that was pretty sweet. Like, what do you do for the bigger pieces? Is everything loaded on top, or do you ever have to drive anything up on it, like off a rail? Um, it's it all it all comes off the rail. Um, so if you're talking about actual rail equipment, like let's say a a, a big uh, like a regulator or something, like a regulator will sit on on the rail. You you back up, you line up your uh, rail bed and then it it'll drive itself onto there you sort of hook a chain so it doesn't roll back and then you hook up to your trailer and fuck off i think that's pretty sweet because the one i ran like it was the hoe so we just used, used the hoe to um load up onto the the rail trailer right right but for those other units it was just just like a like a spike or something yeah i always wondered they just have to line up perfectly in a yard and drive that thing on yeah there. yeah yeah pretty much i mean what you mean like in the in the high tracker type deal yeah you would unload your hole you you take it off on a crossing and then and then you'd use the hole to load your package onto the step deck right mm-hmm. and then you know do your normal low betty things to load the the hole on yeah but as for the uh as for the track equipment yeah that's sort of how it works yeah that's pretty sweet mm-hmm. yeah so what's the biggest piece of equipment you guys move? Uh, well, we just actually moved a 350 out to Lafarge there for a, for a uh, panel job. I think that's pretty much... Well, we have the two, um, uh, the two 345 cranes that we haul for derailments as well. Oh, cool. So you, do uh, you guys do derailments, eh? Oh yeah, yep, you betcha. What involve? What happens when a train derails? Like, uh, can you walk us through that? <laughs> well, like not um, with the actual derailment. It comes off the rails, chase. And then, <laughs> but like, once you guys get the call, what happens with like for your package moves? Um, well, it's pretty much get as many truck drivers out of bed as you can because it usually happens at night. So it's it's definitely a cluster in the beginning. You're sort of trying to get all your people organized to to get going, and. Uh, and then you just haul ass as fast as you can to site. There's no stop, and you just go. Is um when it's like that? Do you guys have like trucks preloaded, ready to go, just in case there's a derailment, or all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, we got to fire up and get it loaded, tied down, or is it like pre-ready? Um, the equipment itself is is always sitting on the ground, but as for packages, we usually have two or three step decks preloaded with high tracker packages. 
Um, as for the cranes, they usually sit right at our office, like right at site where all the trucks park and the low beds park. So they're pretty much get to the office, load the cranes and, and head out because they're the most important piece, right? Load the cranes. Do the cranes not drive themselves out? <laughs> no, unfortunately not. No, they're, so they're, they're, they're actually, they're, they're, they're two 345s with crane attachments on them, right? Oh, like, like a crawler with like the telescopic boom. Yeah. Instead. Yeah. You betcha. Yeah. That's we, pretty sweet. They're slick. Like, what do you say? 345? Yes, it, it's just a 345 cat, but with yep. a telescopic crane arm. Yeah. Oh, exactly. that's cool. So crane excavators. So like yeah. crane evader. Crane evaders. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that I've always actually wanted to try one of those. I have no reason to, but I think it'd be sweet. Like, I don't know. It'd be a good. I, I just want to load something up with a crane and then side, uh, side swing really fast just to get her whipping around. <laughs> like, and by something, I mean me on the end of it with a tether. Like, if we could arrange that, I would ride that. Yes, I, I'm sure we could arrange something for that to happen. You need. Like like a big like sani one ten ton and get that thing all the way out, man. Cause you whip that, you 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 die. We, you'd go too far. You die, but it'd be really sweet. I think Aww. I think anything that has to do with Chase involves him almost dying. Fair enough. That's true. Like every guest we have on that knows me is like, hey, this is that time with Chase where he nearly killed us all. <laughs> uh, dangerous man. Um, so the equipment operating side of things, do you get into that? Do you have to load yourself up all the time or not so much? Um, I, I, I actually, before I started driving truck, I ran equipment. That was sort of my trade because I wasn't old enough to get a class one at that time. So I'm like, my dad's sort of like, Hey, if you're going to be a, a grade 10 dropout, like get the fuck to work. And I'm like, all right, sounds good. So I, I did start off in the logging industry of things. And uh, and sort of moved into more actually mining. I got into a lot of mining. Oh, yes. I, I, I worked at a placer mine in Likely for about a year and a bit. Oh, that's fun mining. Placer mining is always fun. Yeah. No, it was definitely a different experience. It was a it was a tiny placer mine. Right. I think we had a crew of like three people or whatever but oh was... that's the best kind that is the kind you want to work for like don't go work for a mine that's like highland valley or something where everything is just super regulated yeah. working for tech and you know you, you you can't fart without filling out a job safety report oh i've been there <laughs> you get with a small plaster crew and nobody cares like you get out there and the boss has got his eight-year-old running the excavator no i i definitely um i was definitely more into that that kind of work um where it was just small sort of family business it was it was nicer they treat you like people there right you're not just a fucking number to someone right yeah um, how is that compared to how'd you get from that to working for the railway uh, well actually it was well i i came from uh, running uh long haul like pulling dry van actually Ooh, yeah wait exactly. whoa hold up you left equipment operating to go run dry van. That seems backwards to me, man. Just saying. I know. Um, <laughs> I it was a poor choice. I I I'm not gonna say it was a great choice, but as soon as I got my class one, um, I was one of those guys that thought I'm gonna be on the road. You know, I, I want to go over the road. It was not a good idea. Uh, to be fair, I did that too. I did nothing to knock over the yeah. road when I first got it because I'm like I wanted to see everywhere in Canada. Yeah, you and don't you, like. 
you know what you do you do i, I really rec- i think everyone should do otr when they're young like you're 20 years old go for it just take a year see the country make some money and then figure out what you want to do that's the thing though i mean maybe it was like that before but in my experience with otr the the problem was is that i i went on to a company that paid so little by the mile that if you're not making up enough miles by the hour you're not making any money within that hour so you're always just go 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 and you don't really get time to enjoy anything you get to your destination you park you spank it and you go to bed right like that was my life well that was my long haul experience too because you don't make any money all day so by the time you park you don't want to go and do anything because you have no money exactly yeah man 10 years ago like that's the thing is like i was making 30 percent of what the truck made 10 years ago like it wasn't mileage and the rates were still good because i remember seeing the rates and it's like vancouver to edmonton the rates were like 3500 dollars for a load of pump jacks Now they're hauling pump jacks to like basically Regina, which is a full day farther for 32. So the rate is less to go farther now. Exactly. Yep. I don't know what the kilometer rate I was getting. I think it was like three dicks, like kicks to the dick per kilometer, something like that. Like it was really bad. (laughs) At least you got paid by the kilometer. I got paid by the mile. What did you get per mile? I got, (laughs) you're going to kick me in the ass for taking this job, but I got 47 cents to the mile. Ooh, oh no, tired, that man. is totally fine. That is don't great. do that. You know, I you know he can't talk like that. <laughs> but he's not wrong, though, right? Like he's God. not wrong. Oh no, I'm not wrong. It's just like there is no Canadians that take that rate. It that is a and like you know what? I can't knock the immigrants. We're not getting that canceled right now. We're not getting canceled right now. That's not happening. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Chase. <laughs> Well, no, like there's something incredibly wrong with the trucking industry. Like I, I don't knock the immigrants for trying to make a better lives for themselves. It's the fact that companies can just do that and be like, they'll post an ad for like 30 cents a mile, which is like the equivalent of like $7 an hour. And then yep. they'll be like, oh, we can't find any Canadians. Can we bring in a temporary foreign worker in the government? It's like, yes, absolutely. You can exploit somebody that is from a, India. That is a good way to say it, men, Take your pick. <laughs> Yeah, that was a better way to say it. The start was a little rocky. <laughs> yeah, edit that out. Why not? <laughs> no, we'll keep it in. He didn't get too bad. But yeah, your your explanation for it is 100% right. There definitely needs to be a minimum because then they bring in people and the accidents happen. There's not enough training and here we're, here's where Yeah, we're exactly. Like you can't fault the driver for wanting to come over. If you told me, hey, here's four times the wage that you're getting now to go to a much safer country to, you know, better life for your family. I would jump on it immediately, 100%. but we can't also have it be like, Oh, just what is a trucking company? You can cut the rates by bringing in these people and taking advantage of them. And like, you can cut the rates from the people that are already here. Mm-hmm. Like there Thank needs you. to be like what Australia does. They set a minimum trucking rate, a minimum you can pay guys per kilometer over there. Yep. It's 45 cents per kilometer. That is the absolute minimum that you can pay. And if you bring over a temporary Did you foreign say worker, 45 that's... cents a kilometer? That's great. Yes. That's, that's yeah, that is good. the minimum in Australia. That's pretty good. I was not making that much. No, no. <laughs> Most people are aren't anymore. No. When I got when I got the call, hey, pipeline's getting started up. You want to come back? I, I didn't even answer. I was just there. I just <laughs> started <laughs> off in the truck. Here's the keys to the Kenworth <laughs> to the pipeline. Well, that's, that's literally how it is. And you talk to a lot of people. I had my 
one buddy, he left Alberta and he came over here and he was doing some like long haul uh, low betting. Worked for two weeks and his paycheck was $3,000 like before taxes, like for two weeks worth of work. Like that's not right. It's, it's even it's even cheaper over here. I can't remember what my paychecks were when I was hauling long haul, but it was bad. It was bad. Again, it was dicks per kilometer. Like how many times I was getting kicked in the dick. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it was only pain. It, it, yeah, it's. You know, another like you you bring up this this uh, inexperienced stuff and 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 why it's causing accidents. I honestly, I honestly think the reason there are so many accidents, um, this is just my opinion, but is because of e logs. Interesting. Oh, go, go on. on. I did, well, well, I I run paper log now for the company I drive for, um, and I ran e log when I was uh, pulling dry van. And um, I don't know if maybe it was that that type of e-log, because I know they have different companies or whatever uh, sending out different types of e-logs. But the one I was running, um, you had to be so tight on your schedule to make it anywhere, because that clock keeps going down. Like, I could, I could cheat a logbook to say, okay, maybe I left an hour later or whatever, so I could take my time and get there safely. Whereas on an e-log, you're like, soon as your 13 hours are on, you better get the fuck going. There's no piss break. You know, you better get there. Because if they want you to load up in Abbotsford and get to Edmonton in the, in the morning for an appointment, you got 13 hours to get to Edmonton from fucking Abbotsford. And I've actually yeah. never considered that. And that's kind of a fair point. Because when I ran e-log, same thing, is you have to make that deadline compared to the paper logs. Like, you're not cheating. You're not hurting anyone. It's just, oh, like, I had a little bit of a break here. I slowed down, like. Well, that's, Interesting the, that's the issue thing, the issue with the e-log that a lot of people do have is that a lot of companies are expecting the same thing because we've been saying for years, we're like, oh, yeah, it only takes 13 hours to get to Abbotsford to Edmonton on paper, wink, wink. And then the, yeah. every shipping company is like, well, you said you've been doing this legally. And all these companies, the U.S., it was the same thing that they found out where a lot of people have been like, oh, yeah, we've been doing this legally. And people have been, you know, shaving off that half hour, that hour to get it done. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they found out, be like, wow, so much was not legal that you guys <laughs> were doing. You we-. And it took like six months for dispatchers to really adjust. Oh, for sure. Yep. And yep. it's one of the issue is like when you have like in Canada, because it's optional whether you want to run e-logs, you have half the companies running e-logs, half the companies not running e-logs. So it makes it really hard for the people on e-logs because a company will go and be like, oh, well, you can make get it there in a day. And other companies are being like, well, that's a two-day, like a day and a half haul. Yep. We won't have it there on Wednesday. We'll have it there on Thursday. And you're like, yeah, but you can't legally do it. Well, the other company can legally do it. Yep, exactly. And that's that's the problem. And then just, just add that small, you know, by the mile rate. Now you're making no money you have to be there or you're really making no money and then that causes people to either drive all night or drive tired or you know whatever and that's uh, that's what i figure causes accidents uh i think the best way around this is that if you go like the u.s make everybody e-logs like everybody across the board none of these weird exceptions and um the rates went up. What they had happen was the rates for everything went up by like 20, 25% in the U S right. Once they went to e-logs, they're like, well, we're making less money. So wages had to go up because the drivers couldn't put in the miles. I think that would be fair. And I just wish that they would put in one exception of like, Hey, 
twice per week, you can add an extra hour onto your e-log at whatever time you wanted. So in your seven days, you're allowed two one-hour over exemptions. That would be or like- a total of two hours per week. So if you're like, hey, you know what? I feel like I'm not feeling well or like, you know, what? like I'm just bagged or I got an important phone call to make. I'd like to pull over and make this phone call, but I can still make it up at the end of the day. And I can do this once or twice per league. So just let truckers have like a little cheat time every logbook. Make an exemption of like it's 14 hours per day, but you're allowed one to two hours over total of your driving time. Because like yeah. we were all doing it before, just instead of being like, hey, guys, what they're really trying to crack down on with the e-logs is the people that were doing like the 18, 19 hour days every single day. Right. Like there's no harm in like, hey, you know what? Every once in a while I took like an extra hour or I was within 45 minutes of my destination. So I just pushed it a little bit. Let people do that once a week. That would cut down a lot of people stressed in these accidents. I think so too. And, 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 you know, they, they really got to take that into consideration and they don't, you know, they, they, these, DOT officers that are saying, ah, I used to be a truck driver before I was a DOT. I know exactly. No, you weren't. Don't bullshit me. You don't know what I'm going through right now. Like, and the industry has changed since a lot of those old timers. Oh, for what sure. I do like too is though that they still have the pre 99 exemption, which I think is perfect. You know what? Yes. You're working for a big company that buys brand new trucks. That's fine. Old guys running those pre 99 trucks. You know what? Like, Fuck them. They don't need the uh, the logbooks. Because if you buy something from the 1980s, chances are you know what you're doing behind the wheel. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Or you get a young stud like me in a 1990 pier built, and I don't know what I'm doing, but I still like to run papers. He's <laughs> <laughs> got that old school man mentality. Well, my dad's been driving for about 54 years now, so I, I sort of, sort of got the gist of how things work. Yeah. Well, I, I just think the biggest thing we could do for safety is like we need better pay because what happens is is that the good drivers like mainly OTR where the pay is garbage they realize like well it's not being worth being away from home it's basically like a camp job but in a camp job your meals are provided for you you don't have to pay for meals trucking you still have to pay for meals and it's more expensive because it's just truck stop food Yep. number two they see the wage and like it works out to like $20 an hour, $18, $20 an hour to pull a van on the highway. And like people look at that and be like, well, I could just take a camp job up at a mine in the Yukon, do two weeks on, two weeks off for 45 bucks an hour plus overtime in there. And there's no overtime in trucking. Yeah. And then so they why wonder... would anybody that has two brain cells to rub together go do the highway? Yeah. And then there's big, they all, oh, we, we have a trucker shortage. Well, why do you think we have a trucker shortage? No one wants to fucking do it anymore. Yeah. And it, it's all because of the pay. Like, I know a lot of people that like doing the OTR, but they finally, like, people like, that their whole life is like, I love the OTR. I like being out on the road. I like trucking across the country, but I just can't afford to do it anymore. And they have to take other jobs. Like, yep. that's a sad thing is like, we're losing the most qualified people, the safest people on the road. So they're turning people out of these driver mills who are told like, hey, just so you know, you get $70,000 a year to drive these trucks. 60000 yeah. And like someone working in a in a job for like, you know, 35000 be like, I could double my pay. And then they realize that they're never home. They have no social life. And they realize within a year or two of like, 
oh, this wasn't worth it. They just get trained up, just start becoming good drivers, and they say this isn't worth it, and they leave. Yep. And you immediately replace them by somebody who needs the training. And it takes it takes time to become a skilled operator. Oh, for sure, 100%. I mean, you could, like I said, you could be driving for years. You're still learning stuff every single day. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's why Australia put in their minimum weight rate that you could pay truckers, 45 cents a mile. Or 45 cents a kilometer, sorry. Right. Which is what? How many miles per 101 kilometer is 0.6 of a mile? So roughly times two. So it's, uh, what? That'd be like 75 cents a mile, 80 cents a mile. 80 cents a mile is a minimum you can pay a truck driver in Australia. I'd I'd still be doing OTR if if that was my wage. Yeah, I would, I would, I would go OTR and that's the minimum wage. Yeah, because they said there's other things like you know there's a it's more expensive out on the road. It's um there's so many different variables you got to consider that like they don't have the home time like you got to treat the truckers well so that they want to still be truckers. Absolutely. Did we get skipped the dishes to the truck? That was nice. I appreciated that. I got Domino's right to the truck. He knocked on the doors, hand me some Domino's. That's, really? that's where it's at. Oh, I love that. I was in it- White Court. It is convenient as hell. Like, oh, it is sweet. Oh, oh when sure. I did OTL, OTR, none of that stuff existed. <laughs> That's fair. Like, this is dating myself. Did you when use I... to pull your trailers? Oh, at least six T Rexes. <laughs> oh, when I started driving, I had a flip phone. That that'll give you some indication. That's greasy. At least you could like pull up a Stegosaurus. You get your way in the air, and you get some better service with that thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, you know what I think. I think truck driving would be way better if phones and shit were just exempt from them. Like, just imagine, like, back in the day when you wanted to make a call to your honey and you had to get to a truck stop and use a pay phone. Like, that's freedom. You don't have no one breathing down your neck, texting your call, and you're like, no, it's just you and the open road till you get to where you need to go, and then you can call I don't know. a pay phone. How am I supposed to text and drive without a phone? <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like, you've Man, never, you've must never went watched crazy. a movie on the number one highway? Don't, don't give me a break. Oh, no, I haven't. Me? No, I don't watch movies while driving. That's ridiculous. <laughs> That's crossing a lot of lines. Jeez. Yeah, no, I've definitely... The only time I've actually watched a movie while driving was out on the ice roads, like in northern Canada, where you're doing like 15 kilometers an hour. That's fair. I have ran home and watched a movie. That's not too bad. If you're out in an open field, like, who's going to hurt you? Who, who, yeah, the, especially the whole thing is, like, if you're not going to hurt anybody but yourself, what drives me nuts is the amount of truckers I've seen on the Coquihalla going through the mountains. And, like, you go to pass them or they pass you and you look over and they got Netflix playing on an iPad and their screen. And <laughs> you're the, like, what? On and they, the Coke? Oh, yeah. On the Coke. Heading That's over the bad. Coke. I have seen That's it bad. in the wintertime in a snowstorm somebody watching netflix and you're like trying to pass this guy and he was like kept swerving all over the road i'm like what the fuck's going on i get up there and he's sitting there watching a movie yeah oh yeah i was making was like i'm talking open field saskatchewan and like no cars around just you know maybe if the phone up there but and when there was cars around back to like paying attention to the road because yeah it's my it's my safety that i'm disregarding when there's other people involved it's like okay i'll pay attention yeah no these guys are just heading down the down the highway in traffic. I've seen it on Highway One in heavy flow traffic, where everyone's moving like at ninety kilometers an hour, 
and they sit there passing you and they're still watching their Netflix. And it's like, <laughs> holy shit. There was one guy, like one of the few times I've ever had to do it. He ran three cars off the road and I phoned in, like he, pulling into the scales, like one car, like full on hit the ditch and he didn't even notice because he's like drifting all over. I passed the guy, he's watching Netflix. So I finally like told the guy at the scales, I'm like, this guy's just watching Netflix, man. Fair. And uh, talk to the talk to the CPSC <laughs> officer after, and he's like, "Oh yeah, he just said it like he had a tablet, but he said it was his e log, so his e log was allowed to be set up there. No. So it'd be a tablet for e log, and then it would just switch over to Netflix. So putting the e log <laughs> in there was just putting a giant Netflix streaming device on the iPad and right wow. in front of the driver. Man, wow. it's a five minute craft right there, like life hack." Oh, like, yeah, it's like, it's the e-log display and you're allowed to have these big LED touchscreens, which any other cop would be like, whoa, 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 that is using a mobile device while driving. You're like, no, 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 I can just hit this button and now it's the e-log. And then these companies are like, here's your iPad. That's your e-log. Does that, does that Don't actually work? It. Yeah. What? It's your e-log. Your e-log. Have you not seen trucks with e-logs? They just mount iPads. For no, I, I had like a like an in-truck e-log system. Mine like was also. Truck. Yeah, same same with mine. I never never got the joys of having Netflix on mine. It was just yeah. strictly an e-log. Well, if you're cheaper. Well, the thing is, a lot of companies realize they those in-thing ones. Like, if you're a company that gives a shit about driver safety, you probably won't put in an iPad because you're like, everyone will just go to immediately something else. <laughs> Yes. What is we always ask this question? It's not a wrap up question. Just asking. What is the lightest load you ever hauled? Now uh, I always try to think of something funny because like the lightest one I ever hauled was a load of styrofoam. So like I was crushing past people in Saskatchewan and Alberta. Thought it was hilarious. Uh, lightest probably sailboat fuel. What? Oh, I I said that one at the start. That's no, a, it has to be what? a load that's actually a load. A actual load, probably. Jordan's like, what sailboat fuel? Wind, Win, Jordan. <laughs> I get it now. I had to think about it because I'm stupid. Leave me alone. No, my lightest load was actually in a Tridum dry van. And I was hauling uh, plastic, empty plastic DEF jugs to uh, Edmonton from <laughs> what? Abbotsford. What? Yeah. Um, to some, I don't know what they... I. It was probably like a recycling plant or whatever. I didn't really... But I yeah, I, I was like loaded, tried them locked up, so it looks like you're you're pulling heavy. And I was just flying up the smasher at like eighty K an hour. It was awesome. It feels great. It feels great. You're just giving the finger too. Like you don't even care. You're not a trucker at this point, you're a biker. It's like yeah, I, I, it's I screw everybody. <laughs> yeah, that was that was probably the lightest load I've I've hauled. Sailboat nice. you will leave me alone. What is your dream uh dream truck? You could pick any truck. What is it? Actually, you're going to find it funny, but a 1995 to 2000 Freightliner Classic flat top. I'm not against that. I'm not against that. I love the look of them things. And 95 uh, to 2000, though? Like, the best style of the Freightliner Classic was, like, the 85 to 95 with the split windows at the front whoa, whoa. if if you you ask the question you can't hate the answer man that's how it goes <laughs> yeah, you, can, you like know Carl you can hate as much as you want though, so you you can hate as much as you want but i just think that's if i was to become an owner operator today um i think that would just be the part they're comfortable um they look sharp they still got somewhat of a nose to them and uh, you know, you pair that with the Detroit sixty series, good on fuel, has enough power to get you, you know, wherever you need to go. And uh if I were to become an owner up, I'd probably pull a dry van anyway. I mean, the, the rates are still good enough. Um 
and a, a Detroit 60 series paired with an 18 speed, I think that would be like the perfect owner op truck. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's an opinionated question, Chase. Don't get mad. <laughs> oh, my first truck when I ever started out as an owner operator, my first like completely miserable failed experience out business of my own. I had a 1996 Freightliner Classic. Can, it was Canary Yellow with a Series 60 and an 18. Wow. I like, and, I like and you the had the worst Yellow. experience. I it Yeah, yeah, I did. It was in 2008. Oh, my gosh. I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I'm really dating myself. But, like, I was 21 years. No, 20 years old. I'd been driving 19, and with one year of driving experience, I decided time to go be an owner-operator. That's what's up for me. And I saved up $20,000, and I bought a 1996 Freightliner Classic, and I ran it for, like, three months, and then the entire financial system collapsed. <laughs> like, the, the Great Recession of 2008 hit right as I started my own business, and there was no work at all. Struggled to find a little bit here, a little bit there. Ran for another like two, three months, and like I was making eight thousand dollars a month. Gross. Ooh, that's Ooh, bad. Okay, the fuel okay, bill okay, was okay. not. Oh, the fuel bill was like four because there wasn't much work, so I was making four thousand dollars a month take home. And you probably doing a, a lot of one way trips too. Like you probably didn't get a ton of like you weren't filling your trailer every time too. No, no, it was like scrounging, like doing super Ugh. B. And after three months, the uh, it threw a rod right through the side of the block on this old 60 series and i left that truck in terrace and i just took a greyhound (laughs) bus home i'm like all right i went into the shop and they're like yeah your engine's fucked i'm like what's it gonna cost to fix they're like uh about twenty thousand dollars and i'm like okay here's the truck here's the keys (laughs) I, i left the keys with the guy at the shop i'm like He's like, do you? He's like, do you not want to tow it home? I'm like, nope, nope. Year. He's like, it got towed to the shop. You looked at it. I'm like, you take it and you just sell it for scrap or whatever you want to do. Here it is. Yeah, I mean, I, I that, that that I'm not gonna say that's a great experience by any means. Um, but I I just sort of figure that could happen to pretty much anything you buy, really. Right? They can. It, it, I could have bought a Cummins. I could have bought it anything. No, no you can buy any truck and have that go on you. Yeah, that's for fair. sure. I just, I just sort of figure, like, if I want something that sips fuel, I'm, I'm assuming a deal. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not, like, you know, the most experienced guy in the world. I haven't ran everything in the world by any means. But um, from my little amount of experience, I mean, I've always got the best fuel mileage out of them old Detroits, honestly. Man, uh, the old just Detroits you know got everything. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> The old Detroits, they did get the Series 60s got good fuel mileage, but the big Cam 400 was a phenomenal fuel mileage truck. Yeah, you just got to deal with the smoke all the time. The smoke goes away after like 15 minutes of warming up. Yeah, that's that's you're you're pretty much dead in those 15 minutes. I was. Oh yeah, I, yeah. She takes a good 15 <laughs> minutes to warm her up and get her going, and like 15 so, minutes of warm up takes off three years of your life. I, t- I, I started a greasy old 60 series this winter and it needed about a can of ether to get it going. So this thing was spitting and sputtering, finally got going. And I threw the can in the back and I had another one there too. And I threw it and it got stuck on. So I'm driving 
And I'm like, man, it thinks like ether in here. I'm like, is this all from when it started? Like, this is really bad. And all of a sudden, I'm like getting like woozy. I'm like, what the fuck? So I go to the back and there's an ether can depressed. Like, it was done now, but yeah, I, uh, I lost some brain cells that day. <laughs> that explains why you're still in Winnipeg. Yeah, all the all from a greasy sixty series. Thanks, 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 Kenward. Oh. <laughs> But no, like you want owner operator too, cheap of parts, big cam four hundred. The parts for a big cam four hundred, you want an injector, eighty dollars. Oh, you want yeah. an injector for a new X fifteen, twelve hundred bucks, thirteen hundred dollars. Oh, it's oh it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's nuts. Like even <sighs> like uh, I don't know how they can get away with charging these prices. Well, I don't know. Look at lumber, man. It's crazy. That's why people are that's why people are buying new trucks and swapping them out every two years. As soon as that warranty runs out, you you damn sure can't afford anything on them. No, you can't. You run them under a warranty, get an extended four-year warranty, and you hand that truck the fuck back in. Oh, for sure. 100%. Yep. That's so true. Even small trucks. My buddy just bought a half ton the other day. Brand new half ton. Doesn't have 100, 100 clicks on it yet. Back to the shop. Back to the shop. Broken. That is ridiculous. Oh, we had our loaderman. He bought a brand new um, Chevy. Had that Chevy for about a week, and it completely grenaded the engine. Like, wow. A week old Chevy (laughs) grenaded the engine. That's so wrong. Like, you can go to the farm, find any old Chevy, walk up to it and fire it up. She's going. She's ready (laughs) for work. That 350 is humming. Well, just think, uh, we got those two new low-bed trucks there um, at work. And um, the guy that was driving it, he he did his first trip up to Belmont. Um, by the time he unloaded and started driving back, his truck broke down. He needed to get it towed to Peterbilt in Kamloops. It's a shame. Yep, less than a hundred kilometers on the thing, and she she broke down. That's a lemon right there. Okay, we were in a, a bit of a snap group chat this week, trying to line everything up. I sent a picture of a triaxle Mac. And I'm not a big Mac fan, but what did you guys think of that truck? That was a sexy truck, in my opinion. I liked it. Yeah, it's good. Look good, Jordan. It Chase, good. Chase, say it. This is an opinion thing. I'm asking for your opinion. Just give me your opinion. What? It looks think? like a Mac. They look like a dog shit fucking Volvo. Ugh. No, no, that truck looked pretty mean. It looked. I, I it, it looked, looked mean for a Mac. But if you did the same thing to that Mac. If you did the same thing to a Peterbilt or Kenworth, the Peterbilt or Kenworth would look a million times better. You're like, oh, yeah, he put in a lot of custom work, but that's like giving your grandma a boob job. Like, oh, yeah, grandma's titties look pretty good, but grandma's still behind them. No, that is not a good comparison. It was a nice-looking truck, man. It, it was it was good for what it was, but I just couldn't, like, drive myself to stare at a bulldog's ass all day. Oh, you, you know the thing is the old Macs. I love the looks of the old Macs from like the that seventies, eighties Macs. Oh, they did something for me, like the movie Convoy Mac. Whoa, greasy Mac cab over. Oh, I want it. <laughs> oh, crazy. yeah. <laughs> like, it's just, like why is all the new trucks? They just look so ugly. Yeah, they're all cookie cutter for sure. That's like right. That's Kenworth right. came out with their new truck, and you're like, it just looks like a Freightliner Cascadia, which looks like a Volvo, which looks like the Peterbilt aerodynamic one. They all look the same. Well, even they they even came out with that W990, and I I didn't even like that. You know what? I don't mind the look so much of the front end. I hate the wide cab. Really? Because I just... didn't like the look of the front end. 
Oh, see, it's the wide cab that does it for me. If that front end was, and you shrunk that down to be a lot narrower, like the W9, I think it would look good. Like, I didn't mind the molded headlights. I didn't mind some of the curves and the lines for it. But if we just made that cab as skinny as the W9, I think it would be a lot nicer. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Well, we we have very, very different. I, I thought the headlights were the worst thing about that thing. Oh, see, like, I, I would prefer the old style headlights or like the round headlights. But like, I hate the wide cabs because when you're in traffic, you can't see what the fuck is beside you. Mm-hmm. Or you're in a tight block or a tight spot. Like, the same as when you're turning, like, you know when you got to make a left turn, but you kind of got to swing, and you're trying to look out that passenger window? With the narrow cab, you can, like, lean forward and look out the passenger window. You're like, with the wide cab, you're like, well, I hope it's fucking clear, because I'm coming out. (laughs) I'm short, so this never mattered for me. I can't see over anything. (laughs) I'm five foot little. I don't know. Okay, if we have any, uh, the if the equipment operators and construction workers are still here, they're gonna kill themselves. So we better we better stop talking about headlights. (laughs) (laughs) Only truck drivers would bitch so much about the headlights. Yeah, only truck drivers have made it this far in this podcast. You know what? Like I have learned that that like, oh, I'm probably gonna piss off the truck drivers now. So let's just tick off everyone. But truck drivers are the (laughs) whiniest motherfuckers out there. You're not wrong. you, you, you like logging you listen to the log truck drivers and they're bitching about the road and be like the grader hasn't hit it in like three four days and they're like fucking need to get a grader out here it's fucking rougher than shit like how do you expect us to go down these rough ass roads meanwhile you see the skitter operator bouncing off the fucking ceiling like a <laughs> pinball machine and the truck drivers are like guys it's kind of rough there was some potholes on that bridge deck <laughs> no it, it it happens instantly like i'll be running the hole having a great day sun's out and i'm happy loading a truck then i have to hop in the truck get in the truck it's too sunny it's hurting my eyes it's actually too warm in here my ac is not very good and just <laughs> complaining it starts right there it immediately happens as soon as you hop in the truck and like just i was thinking day. about it like the truck drivers like at least when it comes to like most logging like the truck drivers are the highest paid out of all of us and yet do they we sit listen to our music talk to our buddies on the phone all day and just like oh it's a little bit warm we'll turn the ac up or like just climate controlled music relax going down yourself and they bitch the most out of everyone you're the highest paid easiest job and you complain the most that's weird that they're the highest paid i guess it makes more sense logging because like you are signed up for like a suicide job but like in manitoba where it's not as dangerous like, the truckers are the lower end of the pay scale, for sure. The low betters are uh, up there, but everything else is just ooh, not, not the same. Oh, yeah. No, the law, the drivers are the highest paid, but, like, we're, we're like, 90% of fatalities. hmm hmm Like, the operator, like, a buncher operator isn't really going to get killed out there, like a processor, man. But, like, if you screw up and you're processing a log, oh, no, no, the log is done. If you screw up and you're driving the truck, you just go off a 400-foot bank, and you're like, oh, well, he's dead. You will be missed. Yep, pretty much. Can I have your backhoe? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Chase. Okay, Chase, do you got any more questions for Patrick? Uh, yeah, dream job. Fuck yeah. <laughs> what job, if you can go anywhere outside of North America, do you go? Uh, Australia to run road train. Everyone that's says so that. That's so common. Australia out that's of off the road it. train. I'd yeah. love to run the outback. That's like oh, the dream yes. job. Honestly. Everybody, absolutely everybody wants to run a road train. Like, God, I want to run a road train. Okay. 
North America and Australia road trains exempt because that's everyone's first choice. Where do you go and what do you do? Give me an interesting answer. Mm. Be different. Be different. There, I mean, that's, that's been the dream, right? But uh, I'd, I'd probably go back to uh, uh, Bulgaria or Czechoslovakia because that's where my parents are from. I'd probably I'd probably drive well, in those those parts of the country. Nice. Okay. Bulgaria, Czechoslovakia. Right. Eastern Europe. Yep. Why has that come up multiple times too? Um, I just, I honestly want to just do it for that. Like, I wouldn't want to like go to Russia because then I'd have to drive like a, a like a Camaz or whatever they drive, and they're they're, they're just shit beaters. Hey, but at like, least you're driving a six by six half the time. Like you are power to the ground. Yeah, that's yeah, and you know, it's pretty much like logging. It's just a death wish over there. No matter what you do, if you're not loaded with vodka and have one strap on your load, you're doing something wrong. Doesn't that make it fun though? <laughs> I, I guess. I mean, but I don't really like. I'm. I don't intend to die till I'm at least like fifty. So maybe fifty, I'll head off to Russia and and drive truck there. Oh, those are rookie numbers. I'm ready for, <laughs> I'm ready for death. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick is too young and full of life. Wait till he yeah. gets to thirty five, and you're like, oh yeah. You gotta get more hauling in Russia. Why not? <laughs> yeah, fuck, I know, right? Like the other day, I saw a job ad posting for somebody to haul uh, fuel in Iraq. Ooh. It came up, like or like oil and gas equipment, and like basically moving drilling rigs and doing oil and gas work and like hauling fuel and all that in Iraq. And I was at the point in my life where I'm like, you know what? How bad could it be to move drilling rigs in Iraq? I can uh, run a truck over there. High octane Mike did it. We can do it. Let's go. He said it was the easiest driving job he ever had. That's crazy. That's crazy. That was a good interview. Good that was comments. a great podcast. I I listened to that. That's good. Have you listened to a few of ours now? I've listened to almost all. Well, when you're driving, right? That's all you. That's all I really do. And then as soon as I heard you guys started making one, I'm like, ah, fuck it. I'll listen through them. And yeah, that's so far so good. Glad, love the support. Good to hear. Oh, thanks, man. You betcha. You know that that TikTok I posted about the you know the two drivers one license thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I swear. Um, the reason I almost got into a fight at Petrocan the other day was oh yeah, let's, that. let's go through that. Let's let's tell everyone about that quick. It was quite weird, and if if the guy does end up listening, please please reach out to me. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> I was at the petrol can doing my thing, fueling up. All of a sudden, this guy walks from his truck over to the driver's side of my truck, looks me dead in the eye, and just says, you want to fight? And I looked at him, and I'm like, well, I sort of don't got no reason to, but, like, why? And he just looks at me, and, oh, you must not be old school. You're hiding behind your screen. You don't want to fucking fight. I'm like, what are you talking about, man? Like, I'm filling up my truck right now. I got no reason to, to fight you at all. Oh, you, you, you're, you act so tough behind the fucking camera and you can't fight me in person. And I said, just get back to your truck. Go do your thing. And I'm just going to do my thing. And he walked back to his truck. That's definitely from one of your TikToks. Oh, then, for sure. It you didn't a, know the guy. It was a big, beefy brown guy, right? So I knew it was from that. Right? No, like, no racism say? here like, at all. But uh, what did your TikTok say? Like, we should probably fill people in on this. Well, it was like, it was. I stitched a video where uh, these two brown gentlemen, I don't know what to call it to not be racist anymore, but I'm just going to go with two brown gentlemen. They were doing a, uh, like, a. Uh, switch they were team driving 
and they were doing sort of a switch and they were making a video of it. And then I cut out and I said, well, y'all heard about that two girls, one cup. Well, this is a new porn called two drivers, one license. Uh, right. uh, I, I meant no offense uh, by it. <laughs> slightly racist, but okay. Slightly, but like I didn't mean no harm. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, but yeah, some people get right ticked off, like oh. like want to fight, and then oh, I had somebody on Friday. I was uh, heading out with my bed truck, and. uh I'm just heading up to the dump. I just loaded a garbage bin onto the back. I'm going to empty it out of all the shop, do some clearing out. And um, this guy's was like this 35-year-old guy, like, you know, looked around my age driving. I was, he, I was following behind him. He slams on his brakes out of nowhere that I had to lock up all my tires, left big ribbons. And then he then immediately, like, turns his left turn signal on and just stops dead in the road and then makes a turn. I hit the air horn, like, because obviously, like, I'm going to hit the air horn if you're going to make me lock up my tires. To be yeah, like, what It's, the it's fuck all we can doing? do. We're going to do it. Yeah. Like, uh, I've got the brakes locked up. I'm sliding down the road towards you as you jammed on the brakes and, like, in, like, an 80 zone and like, they just stopped. Well, he was pulling into this um, butcher shop, old Kuiper's Meats. I guess the owner of the butcher shop, he chased me down the highway slammed on went around me slammed on his brakes in the middle of the road getting out he's like you get out of that truck because i'm kicking your fucking ass <laughs> i'm like what what are you what are you on about he's like you honked at one of my customers those are my customers and you don't ever honk your fucking horn at one of my customers wow like it just in it. the middle of the road throwing shit at the truck and like wow. i'm like um tell him not to cut off he's like that guy had his elderly mom in the car. Okay. Probably shouldn't drive like that in front of a semi if you're worried about your mom I'm dying. Like, it's, it's much less likely, you know, to... Uh, it seems like it's way worse to have your mom get rear-ended by a bed truck, but, like... <laughs> we're really I've never had anyone chase me like that for honking the horn at a customer before. And all I can know, I don't know if that's amazing customer service or like just Superb. a guy with anger issues. Go to this butcher shop. Kuiper's butcher shop. Like, you know what? The guy may be a bit of a dickhead, but he takes treats his customers well. Like, if that's the passion he's putting in. Can you imagine to... the meats you're getting? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> the supreme cuts you're getting from this butcher? I'm, I'm going there. I'm from well, I'm, like, I don't know how to really interact with the guy, but like, I'll send a buddy in to get some pepperoni from him is that the thing is i've had his beef jerky it's the damn best beef jerky in town and now i'm like fuck the guy's kind of a dickhead but he has such good beef jerky is that the butcher shop that's like on your way to logan lake there on the on the left hand side left hand side out highway eight yeah if you're leaving merit towards like spence's bridge like right in lower neck yeah 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 hold up there if this guy's so customer first though chase Maybe when you walk in, you got your customer hat on. He, not a trucker. Change the game changes. And you just oh, this is a customer. I gotta treat this man with every bit of respect. Absolutely, like Maybe. like I've never had that before. Like, you know what? That business earns my money. If they're like, hey, you honked <laughs> at my customer, I will hop in my pickup, fly down the highway, and tell him off for you, ma'am. I am.
before you got honked at with going into my establishment. Like, he's that's mm. that is an A game customer service. So, like, yeah, the guy yelled at me, but like, if you're going on Highway 8 and you stop by Kuiper's Meat, they got some wicked ass beef jerky. <laughs> they do, they really Unless you got another question, though, that's a good way to end it because it's again late in Manitoba. <laughs> All right, well, thanks for coming on, Patrick. Yes, you guys have yourselves a great night. Talk to you later, Patrick. You bet.